0: This episode is sponsored once again by Akir Markowitz, Lila Nishmas' father, Reb Shmuel Zev,
1: Tzvi, to teach how to be a knowledgeable Jew without knowing, you know, every single Rishon, every single Baal To have a mishkan among us, that's an that's
0: that's an afflatus. It's an act of inflation of inflation. YouTube is not such a kosher place to be. Fake it till you make it. Beruchim welcome everyone. We are about to begin Hashem, another episode of Torah Avigda Chat. This episode is sponsored once again by Yakir Markowitz, Lil Nishmas, his father R'b Shmuel Zev, R'b Noach Tzvi His should have an Aliyah This video is a very momentous video momentous. It's a very, very big uh, very special occasion This is the uh, 100th year that I'm uploading to Torah anytime So um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a special occasion, mazel and I want to celebrate Tor anytime here because the the video home for our podcast is on tour anytime audio you could get it wherever you get the podcast, but the video is only available on tour anytime.
1: Uh, congratulations, Mazel tev, on reaching that milestone! You should continue to spreading Toyota for many 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 more episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: so I. It's a, it's a milestone for us
0: because it's a hundred shir on Torah anytime. But it's also a milestone for Torah anytime because Torah anytime recently redid the whole site. They have a brand new site up, and uh, right now it's much easier. In the beginning, I said I don't want to put the video on YouTube because YouTube is not such a kosher place to be. They have ads between the videos, so I'm not. I don't want to be in that space. I want to be on Torah Anytime. Some people said, yeah, but in YouTube, you like, you follow, you comment. So there's... But now with the new Torah Anytime site, you can follow the podcast, you can like the videos, you can comment under the videos. So I strongly encourage everybody, if you're listening any other way, head on over to Torah Anytime where you can follow the podcast and you can comment
1: and engage with us. And we're very happy to hear from you. I think it's an important aspect because a lot of the things we discuss um let's say could be um controversial maybe sometimes for some and we'd love to get uh, feedback on the podcast and on the topics and we can discuss it more in depth as the as the feedback comes in. Okay. in right. General- I wanted to re- so I want to read you a text
0: that I got uh, last week, soon after we updated the, uploaded the podcast. It says like this, today I accidentally bumped into the Taurus chat on Taurus Anytime. I enjoyed it very much. I like the give and take between you and your brothers. A special shout out for having the guts to call out that famous rabbi. You did the right thing. Your rabbi Vigda would have done the same. Keep up your great work of spreading the ram culture. It's always nice to get
1: feedback, right? I don't know what we're talking about here." Are we talking about the uh, that that uh, the thing we discussed last week?
0: Yeah, that's that's what it's talking about.
1: But we didn't call out anybody. I, I didn't. I didn't
0: call out anybody, and I have nothing against that person personally, which is why I didn't say his name. I just uh, I spoke about the concept. That we have to know how special Jews are. Which which brings us into Pasha's Truma booklets. I think there's more than one booklet this week that, that talks about that, about the
1: how special from Jews are. So why don't we jump right in? I wanna give a shout out to one of my aunts, one of our aunts, who who I met this week and who says, Oh, I see you all the time. I said, That's nice where she says on the podcast. I said, Which podcast? I'm embarrassed of some of them. There's the of Vigda one. I said, Wow. Through any time so then she says, Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to fall asleep sometimes, so I listen to the podcast and fall asleep. <laughs> so yeah. uh thank you very much. We appreciate you uh following.
0: Yeah, True so this- story, by the way. That's that's one of the foundings of Teresa Vigda, one of the founding stories. We tell different stories depending on where we are, but all of them are true. So one, this story is that Rabbi Markowitz, Rabbi Mihai Markowitz, had a tape gemach for Rabbi Miller, Rabbi Miller tapes. And we're going back thirty years ago. Rabbi Miller was still alive, but he would buy all the tapes, and he had a gemach. He, he, he would lend them out. So it was a slow. It was a slow gemach. There wasn't a big. Uh, there wasn't a big demand, for for borrowing Rabbi Miller tapes from a gemach. But then he, he noticed a, a a serious uptick in people who would come to the gemach uh, asking to borrow tapes. So he asked somebody, who, who sent you here? Who recommended the Gemach to you? So he says, actually, I go to a sleep doctor, have trouble falling asleep. And he told me that if you listen to Rabbi Miller tapes, it's going to put you straight to sleep. And he sends all his clients here. The
1: a true story. That's really funny. Um, I mean,
0: you would think that the guy went to medical school and he specializes in sleep. He would have something better
1: than, than Rabbi Miller tapes, right? But So you see that even for that, Rabbi Miller was the address. Much more effective than 12 years of medical uh, studying. So we're going to start with 5779 this week. Parshas Teruma. I'm just reading the English. But I know that Parshas Terima. Terima. Also another parsha that I knew nothing that was going on. I mean, transition from a sputum, which was like an academic parsha, which I had to know some somewhat past, to pass, Terrima, which I guess they had enough of the of the difficult tasks and we just had no clue what was going on. So uh but the uh, concept nowadays um, they bring
0: down model mishkans and pictures and animations and they have everything. Back in the olden days when you were a kid, they didn't they didn't have that. Well,
1: even if they did bring it, it would be black and white. We didn't have color. So the the, the, the Stima concept, and this is, by the way, a short one in the booklet, in the bulletin, it's it, obviously the booklet is longer, but in the bulletin, it's very short. And, and the, the point is very simple. What's the title? The Shechina rests on Israel. Shechina rests on us and I'm Israel, And that's the, that's, that's the whole point. Miller makes a tremendous point out of, mostly Mikdash VeShachanti B'seichem um, Hashem asked the Israel to build a house for Him between Shachanti B'seichem, and and you talking about Hashem who Malachalot Kavode. It's just such a fascinating concept that Hashem came to live amongst us. That's that was the whole point of uh, of this week's bulletin. And um, he Pasha, he's, he's part of the booklet. He he speaks about how.
0: There's such a big section of the Torah, such a big part of the Torah talks about uh, building the Mishkan. Hashem wants to emphasize this point to us that, yeah, he, he created heaven and earth, fine. But even bigger than that, more space is devoted in the Torah to the idea of uh, how many cubits it should be and how many how you uh, connect the curtains together that are covering up the, and how many boards on each side. and. All the boring details, it's actually very exciting because it's telling us, it's detailing, it's describing this unbelievable fact of Hashem coming down to rest among us. And it was, uh, Re- Reb Miller talks about how what it means to point at the Mishkan and say, this is where Hashem lives, this, this, that's Hashem's house.
1: Living in the neighborhood and Hashem's neighborhood. Yeah.
0: And he he says, and, and I I wrote this down because I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Somebody said that he has a certain uh affinity, a certain connection to going to Kibbutz Sadikim. So he was talking to me, so he said, Of course I know you, Rabbi Miller guy, you would know, yeah, better sit at home and learn and don't go to Kivitzadikem. So then I bumped into this piece. In this particular booklet, he has a whole section where he talks about he, he's talking about the, the Shina dwelling among us. So he says, Imagine you could see Rashi's besmedish, so it's still it's still around. So he talks about if it how if it would be here in the U.S. or if it would be in Israel, people would go there and it would feel so connected. It's such a holy place, you know. This is where Rashi sat and he wrote his chiburim. And Rabbi Miller goes on about how special Rashi was and how special it is to be in his presence. So I sent it to this guy. I told him, look, you see, it's there is even even Rabbi Miller. Did have a certain? Uh, there was still that idea of going to, to connecting with with the previous Sadic
1: And, and he, he says an interesting word. He says there's an especial afflatus a f f l a t u s, afflatus What's in a special afflatus? That oh sorry, that that that, that Hashem's telling us that He chose to rest. On the Bnei Yisrael, that's it's a special afflatus. That it could of course have uh, of course that's right. an a special afflatus. I mean well, what's an what afflatus? else would it be? Rebecca Victor had a very high vocabulary, but what's an afflatus? It sounds good. It, it, it's an afflatus that Hashem says it's it's a special afflatus. What's an afflatus? It's an afflatus.
0: We we, we have this joke over here in the office that there's uh, every week there's a there's a the vocabulary word of the week. That's the that's what we learned that week.
1: So Miller is teaching us English. So I, I looked it up, Neflatus is afflatus. It's a noun. It's a divine imparting of knowledge or power. Hashem is giving us an afflatus. Divine inspiration of knowledge and power. It's a Latin to, to Latin have a mishkan, To have a mishkan among us, that's an that's that's an afflatus. It's an act of inflation of afflation. Yeah. We went from, from affliction to afflation. Remember to say that at, at the at the Good, well do. Teach your kids young. Everybody, everybody that's watching. So um, uh, five seven eight zero uh, we, 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 it was titled "House of Thanksgiving." It's about Thanksgiving, and we're talking about David Admelch's song. He's obviously we're talking about the Mishkan and building a house for Hashem. The built the Melech by and he made a song, a very famous song called Mizma Shia And in this song, he doesn't necessarily detail building of the Baysamikdash. Not at all. Well. Why is that? You're talking it's a song about the Khnix Abayas, so what, where's the bias? And he says if you look at the first words, it's Arim <laughs> that I will praise, I will exalt Hashem, and this is Reverend Miller's point over here, of the Melech Shir. What is the entire objective of building a house for Hashem? The entire objective, all of what I'm doing, all that I gathered, all the materials and, and all the money, it's for one purpose: to praise Hashem, to get together and come closer to Hashem. That's the purpose of the Mikdash. It's a place of raising up Hashem by means of gratitude, thanking Hashem, and getting closer to Hashem.
0: That's obviously the key to Ram culture, right? Gratitude—that's what it is.
1: Gratitude and and, and inflation. <laughs> I, I it's funny because
0: really this booklet obviously is so a booklet to the whole the whole discussion about gratitude about being grateful for this and being grateful for that. And really, we could do a whole hour long conversation on each booklet. Of course, but we're doing four booklets in a half hour. So we have to keep moving. You know, the, worst,
1: ma- the worst torture for me is if I'm in a shul and there's no one really around that I can talk to and I see a crazy Ramel Chiddish in the booklet. You have no one to tell it to and it's like... It's, it's, it's a major, major de- depression. It's the opposite of inflation. It's inflation. It's a, it's a downflatus. It's a, defla- <laughs> it's a deflatus.
0: <laughs> So is, deflatus is like a sort of divine depression. Yep. But, uh, but, but in, in, in that particular booklet, without going into the whole booklet, there's a whole section about how what was first, the, the, the construction of the Mishkan was a place of thanksgiving. But now that he goes into the details of the Mishkan, in the Mishkan you walked inside, you saw right away the shulchan, the table with bread, just sitting there, bread right. on the table. And we are so used to again. I don't know if in the olden days maybe they didn't show pictures like you said when you were when you were in, when you were a kid. They did. It was I, black and white. Oh, they did. So they had these pictures of of the shulchan. So we were used to. We didn't see a, a table with bread. We saw that that picture of whatever yeah. that thing was, and Shelby. we just we never asked questions. But really, like a, we, rack from,
1: a, a rack from from Corn's Bakery,
0: right? But if you would walk in there, you you would see bread on a table. That's that's what it was. It was bread on a shul on a shulchan. So he, he Rabbi Miller talks about how the idea was when you came into this house of Thanksgiving. What was the first thing you encountered? Bread on the table. That's what you have. in Bread means food in Loshon Kodesh. So the fact that we have food on the table—that's the first thing that we have to be grateful for. And it goes into a whole discussion, but if you want to. Read more about it. You have to go to in other words,
1: we're taking the most, uh, the highest. I download
0: Pashis five seven eight zero, and you can read it. I
1: can do that. Are you say we're taking the most? No, I'm saying, in other words, we take we're taking the highest and loftiest concepts, and we're bringing it down to the most basic terms that we understand and we can relate to, and that's the shiv punam latayda of 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 every every uh, concept that we know of to to uh, translate it in a way that we can understand it. Obviously, there's Many, many different ways to to appreciate the the lechem Punam as well. So five, seven, eight, five, seven, eight, one. Pasha's Trima, the Jew a sanctuary, and we're learning a brand new concept here. And Rev. Miller says that everyone knows from the beginning of time that used to be, man brought sacrifices. Today, even when they discover the. Ancient temples uh, of, of the Mexicans. What do you call it? What do you call Aztec uh, the culture. The Aztec culture and other cultures. There was always temples and there was always uh, um, what, do you call them, what do you call them? Altars. Altars. And they, they, who knows what they put on those altars? But uh, the, the concept of offering up a livestock to a god is, is an ancient concept. People knew that before, Camilla says, before we were bamboozled by ignorant writers and philosophers who, who belittled these offerings, it was a concept that known to everyone that you gave, gave an offering. But never in history you gave an offering to, to a higher being. But never in history did anyone think of eating from those offerings. It's an offering that you took and you burnt it up. And that, that was your offering. You gave it and it burnt it up. But the concept of Eating from it and partaking of it was is something brand new. And when the Yidnu and Mitzrayim, like the Jeboorich, he said, take a Karim Paisach and eat it, this is something that was a revolution. And Rabbi, Rabbi, Miller, Rabbi Miller's uh, wording says it was a, re- a revolution that occurred on the night Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. It was in and a special afflatus. It was a major afflatus. It was the night that Hashem took us out of to become His nation. The entire picture of history changed. We commanded to eat the meat. And when they put the the busa, they put the carbon into their mouths, they took a carbon into their mouths. That was the Mizbayach. They themselves became Mizbayach. And when Giden ate and consumed it, it was like as if the Mizbayach consumes it. Why? And the lesson was because a Yid is not a human being. You're much more than a human being. And it's an extremely important lesson about Yiddishkeit and about Judaism that Kodesh put us into um, the Kodesh Kodeshim, in a sense, that we are essentially holy.
0: And this is such a staggering concept yep. that I still remember where I was when I heard that tape the first time,
1: when I heard Which
0: that this tape that this booklet is based on, where yeah. Ramey explains this concept that, that he says, the, the Jewish body, it's not that Jews are holy, the Jewish body has Kedushas Mizbeach, just like you could only put a carbon onto Mizbeach, you could only put it inside a Jew's stomach, and your stomach acids, your bodily fluids, is like the Eshtami, the the holy fire of Hashem that comes down and burns you're you're neshama it's it's you, you are a base amikdash you as as a frum Jew and it's 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 so powerful Rabbi Miller says in that booklet that once you know this now you understand the laws of kashrus better because obviously if you're so holy you can't just defile the the holy temple or the altar and put put a, bring a pig onto the mizbeach you can't you can't do something like that so this you have to be careful with what you take into yourself. You don't want to be mitmada Mish, so it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new way of looking at the world. but he explains that really, if you understand it, bonim atem you're a son of Hashem, you're a child of Hashem. so obviously that's the way it is. He says, we have umhem uh, to you just like I'm holy, so you have to be holy. If we understand the the relationship that we have with Hashem, obviously we're holy. That's that's how it has to be. And Rabbi Miller takes a stab at Christianity here that I'm just going to say because it's funny. And he says, if, if you know how special our God is, not like the the other guy, like the three-in-one shoe polish. It's a you know, it's a it's a real God and it's a holy God. So that's what it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know how how diverse our demographics are that are watching, so I'm not very concerned. So in five seven eight two, we titled it "Images of Youth," and Rav Miller brings up an interesting point. We learn about the the uh, Uden, the Aran, and the Karuvim, Um The uh, the the kids, well, they had faces that looked like kids, a boy and a girl facing each other, um, that was in the Kaddish Hakadoshim, and you would think that if you want to make a beautiful painting or a beautiful sculpture of a proper Jew, Herr Miller says, it should have been an old man with a white, long, white beard, sitting uh, sitting on a desk learning Taita. That's that's the image of a Jew. A kid, you know, what what's the point of that? And the answer is, and he says that youth has a special. Um, special vitamin, and he says, he corrects himself, and he says, it's not a vitamin. Actually, it's, it's an enzyme, it's a catalyst. It's, it's, a, it's a force that pushes forward and creates new, new, new ideas, new things, new actions. And the youth have that koyakh, they have that energy to go and do, uh, get stuff done and build. And that's the time, really. So when you look at idealism, you look at uh, growing in Judaism, it's from the youth that it has to get started and it's there where we have the energy. And he says, so if you're a young 60-year-old and you're listening to this, don't think that that's it, you're retired. It's too late. No, you have to learn from the youth. But the idea is to focus on the have to jump in and tell a
0: story over here. Yeah. I had this, uh, this little note here, Marco, of um, different things. That I'm learning how I'm davening. I'm learning Musser. And one of my friends once caught me uh, marking it, so he tells me, "What are you, a fifteen-year-old Yeshivik Tana B'cher? What, what are you you're doing, your you're Are you going to give in to the Menal?" And um, and and frankly, that's this is really what it's all about. This is what Avraham is saying. You have to you have to take that idealism that you had when you were young, and if you want to be a young man of sixty and act like the fifteen-year-old B'cher Yeshivik Tana you should be praised that's why they put the young bacher in the in the Kodesh because that's what we're that's 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 where you have the energy to work and listen I,
1: we do see we do see certain certain people who who actually started with like the like youthful idealism like taking you know writing down notes whatever and 1% actually stuck to it and you see them 10 years later and you don't recognize mm-hmm. the people that they turned into so there's, there's, there's a lot to be said about that. And anything that we take on now with energy, it's, it's that, hopefully, that youthful uh, energy that, 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 with the same excitement that we were um, doing things as kids. Rabbi Mello brings over here in the booklet
0: that Rizal Salanter said that all my years the height of my years I achieved when I was 18 years old. And Raimelo talks about it, he says, well, we, we disagree with Terbishro, we think that he do, was great in, in later years. But he says, you do see from here the idea that when somebody's 18 years old, in that stage, in your in your teenage years, in your younger years, that's when you achieve the heights of Avodah Hashem. And um, here's where I want to go off on a little bit of a rant, because I feel like it's such a disservice that we do to our bachim, that we don't... Uh, we don't, they, so many of them misuse this time. And I know for myself, and I know a lot of people would agree, and I spoke to Rashi Yeshivas who agreed with me, that the, the best period, the best learning period of a person's life is between the ages of 15 and 25, those 10 years, um, when you're old enough to actually learn, but you're not old enough yet that you have <laughs> a life going on. That's the time when, when, when all your Torah years later is built on that, uh, on, on, on the success that you had in those times, uh, in, in those days. I know m- myself that, I mean, Hil Shabbos. Let's say I learned most of Hil Shabbos when I was a Bacher. So even though later I learned Hil Shabbos again, I learned different things, and I, I'm still learning. But the what I learned in yeshiva that stuck in my mind the most. Let me tell you a story. I once went to Milwaukee with our brother Mati. Um, we were there for the Shabbos. We were there on on Sunday. We had to take a flight back Sunday Sunday evening. But Sunday afternoon, somebody told us there's this big museum over there. We should go check it out. And uh, it was it was in, the, in the, late in the afternoon. By the time we got there, and we had an evening flight to catch, so we. We wanted to cross that museum off our bucket list, but we also had to still catch a flight back. So, as we're buying tickets, we're, we're standing in line to buy tickets. So, uh, Mati asked this lady by the counter. He says, uh, "How long does it take to go, th- you know, to go through the museum?" So she said, "Excuse me," she so says, H- "How long does it take? Like, if I just want to just just go go through everything and just see everything and." So she says, well, if you close your eyes and go real fast, you should be done in 45 minutes. So, so I, I, I've spoken to Bachram before and I've said this, that so many Bacharim have this attitude that they want to just close their eyes and go really fast and just be 30 years old. But, uh, but this is life. Life is between the ages of 15 and 25. That's your life. And that's when you can achieve the most. So don't just close your eyes and rush through it. That's the time when you have to achieve. Now, obviously, that's the time when the Itzahar works the hardest because that's when you're going to achieve the most. But uh, we have to we have to get to work.
1: Well, I would argue against your. Well, first of all, it's not a rant. It's just a, a nice, nice, impactful um, discussion. But I would argue against what you're saying because in every shiva you have moshgiychem who give these speeches just like you, but and you heard the same speeches when you, when you were 15, but you maybe ignored it. Uh, I ignored it, I can tell you that. I remember what they said that I ignored, because I was 15. If you hear it now, ah, the days of our youth, the learning that you could do from 16 to 20, it's too late now. So you can talk about this (laughs) for very long periods of time. And it won't change the fact that 16 year olds are still 16 year olds and some will- It's
0: true, it's true. But I think that even though these things are said, but the tools aren't being given to make use of them. Um so Masgirh could say, now's the best time of your life, you're like, Yeah, now's the worst time of my life. He's not he's not showing me the data. He's not he's he he's not bringing down um if he would show me, look, you know, if you cover a hundred blot now, a hundred blot a hundred blot in this year, a hundred blot in this year. You could actually walk out of yeshiva with most of Shas. You could actually walk out of Yeshiva with, with, with this safer, with that safer. If he would give me the goals that like attainable goals. Ultimashgeh was saying, come to Seder and learn by Seder and uh, and make the most of your time. They weren't giving us that's what I feel at least. They weren't giving us the tools to actually um, make the most of
1: our time. Yeah, but they they themselves never got the tools either. They grew up in a very old fashioned system, and today there are there's many programs. There's, uh, you know, the, the good the good boys um, that you speak to might tell you that they're doing uh, Kenyan this or Das that or is this or there's many there are many programs and tests and stuff that, that good boys can can do to excel and amplify. And then there are also many programs the good parents. Understand that their kids don't belong in a system that's designed for tanum and which which is what the the system is designed for for the most part, um and 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 use other educational tools to teach Allah and teach how to be a Ilhid to teach how to be a knowledgeable Jew without knowing the uh you know, every single rishon, every single Balatiswiss. Um, but that's up to the parents to understand. That yeah, well, well, well. Yes, browser-
0: yes, yes. I know. First of all, I, I disagree that it's up to the parents. I, I think that the yeshivas have a job, and um, and uh, they should they should do their job the right way. They should make sure that they're producing the best quality content that they could produce. They should they should up their game. And even though some yeshivas might be. Um, I did a lot of research on this recently because I was ma sh- ready to open Yeshiva. i just uh I just have to I, I'm just doing too much right now, but um
1: doing too little. <laughs> when you think you're doing too much, you're doing too little
0: I hear thats that's why I was considering opening Yeshiva, but uh for now it's it's on the shelf i'm not uh I'm, I'm not pushing it away entirely. But uh, maybe this is a good. Uh, yeah, people mean, should comment would... under the. People should comment under the video on Tor anytime and tell us what they think.
1: I believe it's it's all about empowering parents and empowering yourself. I went through the system. The system wasn't designed for me. It was designed for the top one percent of boys. Yeah, who who in Poland it was actually and in, in, in Hungary and in, and in Russia stuck only the top one percent of the boys that actually stuck through it. <laughs> if you didn't have a million boys in Shiva. You had a, a few thousand boys in Shiva across the whole Europe. So what are we talking about here? How did this suddenly become? Very good at, that it became, but as a parent, you have to know, can your son, who's 14 years old, and he has no interest in understanding the archaic, the archaic uh, you know, laws of Babakama, um, you take a boy like this, you put him into a program where he learns very differently, and that's up to us to, to uh, I think, to implement. Right. This brings us to... Uh, this interesting discussion brings us very quickly to 5783, finally, 5783. Um, and it's called the Artificial Man, Golden Heart. And we know that the 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 Uden was um, covered with gold. Before, before you go into the actual
0: content of it, I yeah. just want to share this um, information that one of Rabbi Miller's grandchildren was with him the day that he passed away. And Rabbi Miller told him that uh, from any three of my tapes, a book can be made. If if there's somebody who wants to work on, on producing books for my tapes, any three tapes could could produce a book. Um, but from this one tape, Artificial Man, three books can be made. So uh, this this particular booklet is like,
1: it's all-encompassing. It's very big. It's big stuff. And- in a way tito is very dangerous because because the concepts are so simplistic it opens up for it opens itself up for for translations of maybe in ways that Reverend miller uh, did not intend but i guess that's that's the nature of Taita, regardless that there's all, all kinds of ways of looking at it there's so many different uh uh perspectives that you can build on these I'm calling it simple, but obviously the very that's why that's even. why Rabbi
0: Miller always emphasized the need to have a live Rabbi who you could actually speak to and discuss your things with. You can't come up with your opinions and Ashkafas by yourself. You need to have a Rabbi who should
1: teach it to you. Correct. So let's talk about uh, this concept, which is very interesting. A lot of people think just the opposite. And the artificial man, the golden heart. We have the the the, the Udin that was built uh with with wood on the inside and gold plated on the outside. And and the question that, that is asked, of course, is why why wood on the inside? And um the Buddha tells us in um uh, Satasima that what? That he should always make his inside like his outside. That you should look a certain way outside and you should try to project the inside to to, to be like the outside. And this is very confusing because shouldn't we be real? Shouldn't we be dressing the way we actually feel we are, um, looking the way we actually are and not pretending to be something we're not? And Irv Miller says that no, the answer is just the opposite. And we learn it from here, that you should try, you should aim, the fake. Fake it till you make it. Fake. Uh, you're not ready to dress a certain way. Do it anyway. You don't feel like it. You're faking. Fake. Until you actually start acting that way. So next week, I am uh, going to be in a... Just because I read this now and I got inspired, you'll see me in a brand new uniform. I'm, Shem. I'm also going to use beard. Scenery. Wow. Metzashem and yeah, we oh, might, The power we of the it. podcast. Look at that. Yeah. Um, and he actually brings a story of the Baruch He thinks it was a Riazov that he that he someone came to him that you you know you're a Hasidim, you the boys the, your yeshiva boys they're a bunch of fakers they dress a certain way they look very holy but they don't act like that. So uh, what what did he answer? He answered them that uh, that the Gemara talks about the Mishnah in. Uh, Paya talks about if someone deceives the public in order to get charity. You see these these fake collectors. They, they double over their pants leg. They pretend they have, they have they, you know they they bend their leg. They, they pretend this. They pretend that. Um, so the Gemur says that has has a kind of a He's not gonna he's not gonna leave this world until he actually suffers from this this ailment. Which is why as kids we said oh you can't go on a wheelchair. You can't hold on a cane. If you hold on to a cane, you can end up with a cane. Uh, it's from this Gamuda. And so he says, so my them too? At some point when they get old, they can become tzaddikim because they faked, they pretended um, like they were tzaddikim. So there's a, there's a ton to say on this subject. Um, so and, all, it's uh, also not just in, in
0: terms of externals, like a, a uniform or a coat of dress, but even in, in just in actions. Behavior, talking... It, it, in the way you speak and in, and in, in what you say, just just lie to your wife. Tell her, yeah, I'm going to shul. I have to catch a minion. Ah, you haven't had a minion in weeks. You fake it. You keep she lie. Did did he just suggest being dishonest in marriage? If you want to call it being dishonest, we call it being dishonest. But it's it's uh it's working on uh it's working on yourself on on projecting certain ideals. Why is it important? Because if you project certain ideals, it means you have the ideals. If you're talking about going out to catch a minion, it means you believe that catching a minion is important. Now, you might not be at that level. You not, might not be willing to sit through the entire minion, but at least you're talking about it. You agree to it in principle. So eventually it's going to grow on you and you're going to go back to, to to the minion. So it's, it's really emis. I don't know if it's, if it's truth in, in English, but it's Emmas because you're you're connecting to the Emmas. And uh, I just want to throw in one more obviously we said this this can be turned into three books, but just one more piece in the booklet, Ramilla says that when a husband says something mean to his wife, so if a woman is natural and she's real and she's honest, so she acts natural. But if a, if, a, if you're unnatural and you're willing to go against your ego and against your natural inclinations, you, you're successful in your marriage. Now, that's what's in the booklet. In the tape, Rabbi Miller went on a whole, he, he spoke much more than that, and we had to censor it for the booklet. So I'm going to announce right now on the Thursday week, the chat at the very end. So if you listened until now, you're getting to hear some privileged information we are this every week. We have to cut certain things out of the booklet, and um, we are starting to do something called exclusive content. Ooh. So we're their exclusive content, and that's things like this that we can't publish. We can't put it in shuls, but it's uh, it's good, Rabbi Miller content that we want to put out there because we work on this stuff and we want to get it out there, but we can't. So it's going to be a special membership where. You would be able to get all this by email. It's Teresa Seviga exclusive content, and it's starting next week. Pashis Tetzave. So keep parental your...
1: guidance is advised. Yeah, eighteen plus only. We, we actually got some nice feedback on not on the chat. We're not getting a lot of feedback on the chat, but we got we're getting feedback on, on Teresa Seviga from Argentina from Kiriat Sefer. From Haifa. Yeah, you know, I
0: was looking at that before, and I was like, just doesn't anybody read it in Brooklyn? Just <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people in Argentina are nicer, and they take the time to write letters. You know,
1: maybe that someone wrote as an editor, translator, and rewriter. I can appreciate your wonderful work even more than the ordinary reader. Yasha, ye Yasha. Oh, this is ye Yasher Kachem, ye Yasher. That's
0: true, by the way. I can say the same thing as an editor, translator, rewriter. I also appreciate all the hard work that goes into it.
1: Okay, wonderful. I think uh, it's almost Shabbos over here in uh, Kiryat River. So we have to get moving for Pashas. Where are we now? Pashas Mishputim right now. When you're listening to this, it'll be next week. Right.
0: So we're wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos and thanks for watching. And again, if you're on tour anytime, make sure to like the video and make sure to follow the the. Is podcast. there
1: a, dis- a dislike option like YouTube or not?
0: I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them to add it in. Because frankly, I would be interested in seeing that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's good. The style. Let's get some dislikes, I Say. If yeah. you can't dislike, write. Dislike. And then we'll know that you actually watched it until the end. We appreciate you uh, learning Therese with us and hopefully growing together.
0: See you, Mitzhashem, next week.